0: A lot seems so unstable. Is there a sustainable future? Does God care about the day we're living in? Can God be trusted? Is He faithful to His promises? Has He forgotten this world? The advent of Christ's birth shows a faithful God who never forgets His promise. Well, good morning and welcome to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. It's not just the defensive posture, God's resistance, but an offensive, an aggressive offensive posture to then recapture the things that the devil has got his hands on. And as we're in this Christmas season and we think of the advent of Christ, that's exactly what Jesus did. He recaptured the things that the devil took and put his hands upon that did not belong to him and redeemed all of humanity. And so we're going to be looking this morning in Luke chapter 1 Um, We're going to be reading a significant portion of scripture and then breaking this down as it relates to this Christmas season. So Luke chapter one, and starting in verse five, we read, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord, and the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense." And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to shew thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias, excuse me, and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me, to take away my reproach among men. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, "'Hail thou that art highly favored. "'The Lord is with thee. "'Blessed art thou among women.' "'And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying.' and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee in the power of the Highest, "...shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who has called, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days, and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah." And entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth and came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed." For he that is mighty hath done to me great things and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath shewed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath hope in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered and she brought forth a son and her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, not so, but he shall be called John. And we hear in this part, Uh, John is then has his voice restored to him because he didn't believe before, lost his voice, and couldn't speak for all this time. He regained his voice. And then we skip to verse 67, where Zechariah's prophecy takes place. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied saying, blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets which have been since the world began that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant the oath which he sware to our father Abraham that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew, that is John the Baptist, and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his shoeing unto Israel. Now that is a large section of scripture, but we have a lot packed in here. We talked about before in Genesis 3, 15 already, and that prophecy about the serpent being bruised by the heel of the, of, um, the seed of the woman that was to come, which is Jesus. We talked about in Isaiah 40, the voice of one that cries in the wilderness. And we find in this account here, that those promises are being fulfilled. And these Jewish people would have known these promises and put some of these things together and realized that this is the expectation and the hope of the Messiah that they were looking for. So when we look at the voice of him that cries in the wilderness, God chooses a barren couple, Elizabeth and Zechariah. They were old, they couldn't have their own children, but they were faithful in their duty. They were a people who were righteous in the sight of God, faithful in their duty, and Gabriel, the angel appears to Zechariah to tell him of the birth of John. And John had this peculiar separation. He was to drink no wine or strong drink. He was filled with the Holy Spirit from the womb and he was to lead many Israelites to turn to the Lord. He was to come in the spirit and power of Elijah and he was to make ready a people that were prepared for the Lord. And we find here the faithfulness of God's promise from Isaiah chapter 40. So God could have chose anyone But he chose this old couple that they themselves were, as kind of said of Abraham, their womb or their bodies were almost as good as dead. And yet God chose them to bring this promise to pass, which was in Isaiah chapter 40. God is faithful to his promises. God will do what he has promised to do, though ages roll. And it appears to be that perhaps God has forgotten. He hasn't forgotten. He remembered. And here's the mercy of God to show it. We find also the seed that bruised the serpent's head. The angel Gabriel, again, in fulfillment of Genesis 3.15, comes to the virgin Mary. We read in Isaiah 7.14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. Again, God could have gone to anybody What he went to this poor virgin who, this nobody in a small little place called Nazareth, he went to her. Though she in the sight of the world wasn't anything special, we're told that the angel said, Mary, you are highly favored of God, and you're going to have a son. We want you to name that son Jesus. He is the son of the highest. The son of Almighty God will be in your womb. He will be ascending to the throne of his father David. So we find an early ethnic kingdom. Uh, of God's people uh, amongst the Israelites, the Hebrews, the Jews, but now a spiritual, multicultural kingdom that will encompass the entire globe. So it will spill out into the earth around us. And it is an everlasting kingdom. God is faithful to his promise. The undoing of what happened way back in the beginning in the Garden of Eden and the fall of man, God did not forget his promise in Genesis 3.15. Now it is being fulfilled in the fullness of time. And because of these promises being fulfilled, gladness has come through the faithfulness of God. John the Baptist leapt in Elizabeth's womb when Mary came to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. The Lord revealed that Mary was carrying the Lord of all within her. Mary is blessed as she believes in the promise of God to her. We see with Mary a little later that she receives personal blessing as she then, it's uh, known as the Magnificat, when she goes in exultant praise, her that personal blessing to a lowly handmaid. She realizes the blessing. She sees the condescension of God, not only to her, but to all of his people. She brings, she says, that God brings the high and mighty down and he brings the lowly up. And she's thinking to herself, how is it that out of all people and out of all the ages, it's come down to this time where you've chosen me, a nobody. God is faithful to his promise and gladness comes when his promises are fulfilled. And so God's faithfulness is now seen by Mary to his people, Israel, not just to her, how God has lifted her up, from her poor estate. She says, the mercy of God to his people, Israel has come. And she refers to the promise of Abraham. Oh, how faithful God is. Oh, we've been waiting all these long thousands of years. Oh, we've read about it. Oh, the Babylonian captivity. And we've always wondered, when is this Messiah going to come? When is deliverance going to come for his people? And it has come right now. And she exults in praise. Then Zechariah, after John was born, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And he acknowledged in his prophecy, he acknowledged redemption for Israel had been given in his son, John, and in God's son, Jesus, that was to be born. He he talked about this Jesus being the horn, and the, the horn is meaning a symbol of strength and glory and power. He's the horn of the house of David. He's the fulfillment of the promise. These people were not confused about what was going on. They knew exactly what was happening. They had been waiting long, long years, generations. They've been waiting for the fulfillment of this promise, and it has come. Can you imagine the exultation that would come out of the heart of a people that have been waiting for thousands of years for this to take place? Then God spake by all of his prophets, he said, since the beginning of time, about deliverance. And he's saying this is coming through Jesus, deliverance, remembering his covenant. The oath to Abraham is now being fulfilled. The enablement to serve God in righteousness and holiness all the days of our lives now that the Messiah is coming. And he acknowledged that the Messiah was for the remission of sins, not just a political revolution, but he saw the depth of what was taking place in this one to come, Jesus Christ. He says, the light of the world is come and our darkness may now be enlightened. Now, dear listener, this was something that these Hebrews could exult in with a high exuberance of exultation because they had been waiting for it. But this is also gladness and good news to all of mankind. I start in the beginning by asking, it looks pretty bleak around here. Where is God? You know, does he even care about this world? Does he care about what's going on in front of us? He most certainly does. Though long ages roll, God will not forget his promise. God remembers his promise. God will make good on his promise. Even though it looks like wickedness is abounding and sometimes even winning, Wickedness will never triumph. The church of Jesus Christ will prevail. The kingdom of God will prevail. Jesus wins, the devil loses, and all this wickedness will be wiped clean and we will have a restored heaven and a restored earth wherein Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords with no veil and then all wickedness be wiped out. Dear listener, do not buy in to the idea that God is aloof that God is gone, that God doesn't hear you, but he does hear you. And I want to encourage you to join the resistance, God's resistance. Your next step is to call 570-362-7782 and visit godsresistance.com. I want to link up with you. I want to help you along in your journey. Let's get a coffee together or meet somewhere in downtown Wilkes-Barre. We'll see you there.